Well, good morning, Valley family. Uh, welcome to week number four in our series, New Normal. I, I love that little, uh, little bumper, actually, how it ends. Things have changed. Everything has changed. Will you? And, and that's really what I want to talk about today. Uh, I, I want to kind of give a little biblical perspective, or a lot of biblical perspective, if you will, uh, on some of the recent events that have happened uh, in, in our country um, dealing with race and uh, prejudice. And, uh, you know, this is something as a church family, we've never shied away from dealing with these issues that are on the front page of the newspaper uh, because, you know, our faith in Christ needs to be really, really practical. And, and so, uh, you know, let me give you a little bit of background in case you're joining us, kind of new to the Valley family, uh, about my personal story. Uh, I was actually born in Brunswick, Georgia, the town that uh, Ahmad Aubrey was, uh, was gunned down in, in back in February, and then the video was released uh, just, just about a month ago and, and really outraged uh, the entire nation. It, it's absolutely shocking and horrific, and, uh, you, you know, just, just uh, unfathomable, uh, quite honestly. And uh, I still have family down in that area. Uh, in fact, my, my brother lives right off the coast uh, at St. Simon's Island and uh, has greatly been impacted as a result of it. Uh, and, and then, of course, what happened uh, under uh, law enforcement with George Floyd recently uh, as well. And so, you know, I, we've never shied away from these uh, controversial topics. We're not about to start right now, especially because as a Valley family, we're so, such a diverse church family, and so we need to talk about uh, these things, and, and I think it's really important that, that we kind of understand, uh, you know, because of the diversity in our church, we have all different, you know, uh, perspectives. We have a lot of law enforcement uh, in our church family, uh, also a lot of diversity in the law enforcement in our church family, and, and I don't believe that what happened uh, with George Floyd is uh, typical. Most of those that are in law enforcement are really, really good men and women, by the way, uh, even in our church family, men and women in law enforcement. And, uh, and, and yet it is shocking, it is inexcusable uh, what we saw happen uh, just recently there with the, really the murder uh, of George Floyd while he was in custody. So uh, I want to look at this, and, and I want to really encourage you, if you have your Valley app, go ahead and open it up. Uh, there's a lot of notes in there. I'm going to go pretty fast through this today. I think you're going to want to look back on, even have like a little self-evaluation in the notes uh, that I think you're going to want to look back on. Because listen, we got to get this right. We, we really need to get this right, and, and we need to understand as Christians, you, you know, the news is not the news. It doesn't matter who you watch, CNN, Fox, what you read, doesn't matter. Uh, the news is not the news. The news is views. It's really opinions about the, the news that, that all news agencies push forward and trying to train us and change the way we think. But more than the news that gives their views, we need God's Word to change the way that we think. And, and so, if you have your Valley app, I want to encourage you to go ahead and open that up. Because the culture is not, if, if, if our government, if our culture, if our society, if our nation could change racism and prejudice, it would have already happened. 
Uh, we have to be the change as followers of Jesus Christ. Everything in our country is trying to cause an us versus them division. But, but we're going to find out if we didn't know before how clearly the Scripture speaks about it's not supposed to be us versus them. There's actually a third option. And, and I want to begin by, by saying this statement. I think it's really important. In a divided nation, only Jesus can bring healing, and he wants to through you and me, through his followers. In a divided nation, only Jesus can bring healing, and he wants to through you and me. And the fact is that division and prejudice is nothing new at all. In fact, uh, we see it in the Old Testament. We see it in the New Testament. At the time of Jesus, there was incredible division. In fact, there were six different groups of people that did not get along and found themselves in the church together. It was, it was the idea of Jew versus Gentile, Gentiles, anyone other than Jewish, Master versus slave, slavery so common in the Roman Empire, and man versus woman as well, misogynistic, you know, sexist, you know, all, all of that. And yet all of these different groups, all six of these groups, found people in these groups that fell in love with Jesus and now are worshiping the same God. And, and, and God transformed the culture and the society as a result of putting Jesus at the center putting Jesus first. And, and this is what, uh, actually there was some issues going on even in the New Testament church uh, with these groups, Jew and Gentile, master and slave, man and free, uh, a woman and, I'm sorry, master and slave, man and woman. And, and the Holy Spirit, God himself, speaks through the Apostle Paul to the church at Ephesus, which is one of the churches, a lot of these divisions, they were putting what divided them ahead of who united them, and that's Jesus. And the scripture speaks to this, and look at what it says, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13 and 16, but now you have been unified with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, but now you've been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. Watch this now. For Christ himself has brought peace to us. He's talking about these factions, these divisions. The division between Jew and Gentile, master, slave, man, and woman. And goes on and says, he, that's Jesus, united. And then he specifically even mentions one of these divisions, one of these factions. He united Jews and Gentiles into one people. We're one at the foot of the cross of Jesus Christ. One people, when in his own body on the cross, he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. And by the way, Jesus broke down the wall of any hostility that separates us. So important that we understand this biblical perspective on current events. He did this by ending the system of the law with his commandments and regulations, talking about the Old Testament uh, system. It goes on and says, he made peace between Jews and Gentiles, again, calling out even one of these divisions, these factions, by creating in himself, look at it, one new people. That's that's the family of God. We're one new people from every nation, tongue, and tribe. We're one. Jesus is preeminent above all of the divisions. What we have in common is more important than what divides us. Right here from the page of Scripture. One new people from the two groups, together as one body. One body. That's, that's the body of Christ from every nation, every tongue, and every tribe on the planet. 
Christ reconciled both groups to God by means of his own death on the cross, and our hostility towards each other was put to death. There should be no more hostility in the family of God. So we need a biblical perspective. We don't need a news opinion or views of, of governmental officials or politicians or, or civically, whoever it is. What does God say? Horrific were the events that, 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 that we've seen recently. Ahmad, Aubrey, and, and George Floyd. No excuse whatsoever. Murder. And at the same time, we need to understand how we can respond to it. Again, the culture wants to make it us versus them, and this isn't anything new. In fact, interesting story, let's look at it in, in the Old Testament, Joshua chapter five. This is before Joshua, uh, the leader of the armies of Israel, uh, went into Jericho. He's the leader of all of Israel, and, and uh, went in to conquer Jericho, and on the evening before, he has a very interesting situation that presents itself. Let's look at it. It says Joshua chapter 5, verse 13 and 15, and it came to pass when Joshua was, was by Jericho that he lifted up his eyes and he looked, and behold, a man, look at this, capital M, very important, this is, this is not an ordinary man, a man stood opposite uh, him with his, his sword, again, capital H there, with his sword drawn in his hand, and Joshua went to him and said, are you for us or for our adversaries? Uh, again, this is a worldly mindset. Even Joshua had it. It's us versus them. Are you on our side or their side? Do you agree with our opinion or their opinion? Do you agree with our perspective or their perspective? Us versus them. Division, 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 division. Now, what's really interesting about this man with the drawn sword is this is what in theology we call a Christophany. It's a precarnate appearance of Jesus Christ in the Old Testament. This is Jesus. Jesus wasn't, he didn't just, you know, appear. He wasn't created. He, he was before creation even began. He's the one that created it. We're going to be looking at that in a few weeks, how clear that is in the Bible. But, but, this is Jesus, the captain of the host of the army of the Lord. And look at how he responds when Joshua says, are you with us or them? Worldly mindset, division, division, division. Look at what he says. I love this. It's kind of funny. He says, no. He goes, us or them? And the captain, the commander of the army of the Lord says, no, neither one. There's a third option. God is more important than us or them. God is preeminent over us and them. He says, no, but as the commander of the Lord, I have now come. And Joshua, watch this, fell on his face to the earth and worshiped and said to him, what does my Lord say to his servant? This would be complete blasphemy if this person that appeared to Joshua was anyone other than God himself. Because he said, he called him Lord and he fell at his feet and he worshiped him and the angel didn't say, get up, you're wrong. The angel allowed him to be there and watch what this angel of the Lord, Jesus Christ, in the Old Testament actually says. Then the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, take your sandals off your foot for the place where you stand is holy, and Joshua did this. This is so similar, if you know the story of Moses, when God speaks to him from the burning bush, and he turns to listen, and God the Father says to him, take off your shoes, you're standing on holy ground. This was Jesus in the Old Testament. 
And he goes, I'm not on your side, Joshua. I'm not on Jericho's side. There's a third option. It's not us versus them. There's a third option, and that is God is greater than all those divisions. Really, really powerful. That's the world system. And I love it. I want to recommend, by the way, great book by a, a pastor named Miles McPherson called The Third Option about race relations. And, and a lot of what I'm sharing today is right out of that book. Uh, fantastic book. I encourage you to pick that up if you want to drill down deeper. Sociologists call it and this is kind of a natural way, again, as humans, as sinful, fallen humans, these are the natural things that we do. This is why we need God's perspective, because he wants to do something greater than what's natural in our sinful nature. He called the in and the out group. In and the out group, and, and way that this is kind of explained, is defined is this way. The way that we sort people into groups that are either like me or not like me, created, creating us versus them. We tend to group together with people that have our same backgrounds, our same interests, you know, our, our same locations, uh, our, our same like economic status, whatever. That, we tend to group together. And this is what sociologists call in-group and out-group. And, and we need to understand this is kind of a natural thing to do. However, it has nothing to do with being godly. <laughs> Nothing at all to do with, with what God wants for you and for me. It creates this us versus them mindset, which, which just, you see the angel of the Lord said to Joshua, us versus them, no, there's a third option. And that's God's perspective. An in-group, the next one is real important for us to understand, is the in-group bias, and that is this, the tendency to give preferential treatment to people considered like me. That's called in-group bias. And left to ourselves, we're going to do this all the time. And it's wrong. It's wrong from God's perspective. It's sin. Giving preferential treatment to those that are in our in-group, that are like me. And so I want to go through a series of, of statements here now and let this be a little self-evaluation for you uh, because I think it's real easy in times like this that, that we see these horrific things that happen, you know, these current events, it's racism and prejudice and murder, and it's real easy to point the finger, but what God always says to you and me is don't point the finger, point the thumb. What do you have? What, what are you responsible for? You know, Jesus talked about before you remove the speck from someone's eye, you got to remove the log from your own. And I think this us versus them mindset that is a world, it's anti-Christ, anti-God mindset. It, it, it is offensive to God, us versus them. I think it infects us a whole lot more than we want to admit. So let this be a self-evaluation for you. And I'm going to go through this pretty quick, but again, Great reason why you have that Valley app. So you can look back on it. And I encourage you to take these notes into a time of prayer. And just say, God, is this me? I see too much of myself in this. Self-evaluation here. The in-group bias. In-group bias, these are statements of in-group bias. Those that are like me that, that I show preferential treatment to or you show preferential treatment to. I'm more comfortable with those that are like me. Second one, I am more inclined to spend time socially with those like me. When, when, when I've got some time to hang out, I call those that are like me or, or see life like the way I do. Number three, I'm more patient with those like me. I show more patience to those that look like me, have the same perspective and 
history and story as me. Number four, I give the benefit of the doubt quicker to those like me. Number five, I express more grace when mistakes are made by those who are like me. A couple more statements. It's easier to communicate with those like me. Number seven, I assume I'll get along easier with those that are like me, my in-group. Similar backgrounds, similar ethnicity, similar situations, similar stories, similar economics. Number eight, I'm more willing to go out of my way to help those like me. Remember the story of the Good Samaritan? Uh-oh. See, Jesus talks about race and racism and prejudice all the time. All the time. Number nine, I possess more positive assumptions about those like me. That's called an in-group bias. That we show preferential treatment to those that are like us. If you agree with any of those statements, we, this affects us. We're infected by this more than we want to realize. The opposite of that, so as soon as we have a us, then there's a them, and we tend to see them as us versus them. They're the enemy. And this can even be occupational, like, for instance, that law enforcement is the enemy because they're not like us, so there's enemy. And Jesus came to just, he died on the cross, that there wouldn't be these divisions, so, so let's look at the out-group discrimination. If there's an in-group inclusion, there's an out-group discrimination. And it's just the opposite of every one of these nine statements. Look at it. I am less comfortable with those who are not like me. That's discriminating. I am less inclined to spend time socially with those who are not like me. That's discrimination. And we do it way, too, way more often than we want to uh, acknowledge Number three, I'm less patient with those not like me. I give the benefit of the doubt less to those who are not like me. I express less grace when a mistake is made to those not like me. This is discrimination, outgroup discrimination. Number six, it's more difficult to communicate with those not like me. Or so I think in my mind, it's discrimination. I don't assume I will get along with those not like me. Why? Maybe there was a bad experience that you had with someone who was not like you. And now we stereotype and we paint the broad strokes and we say that's the way those that are not like me, all of them are. That's not true. That's not true at all. Number eight, I am less willing to go out of my way to help those not like me. And number nine, I possess less positive assumptions about those not like me. And so that us versus them mindset, you're like me, you're in, you're not, you're out. This is a worldly, anti-Christ, anti-God, us versus them mindset that, by the way, the media wants to continue as much as possible to inflame this us versus them mindset. It doesn't matter what media you listen to. Us versus them. Democrat, Republican, conservative, liberal, north, south, any ethnicity, whatever it is, divide, 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 divide. This is the world system. Anti-Christ, anti-God. But Jesus came to make one new man. One new man. So, so as Christians, we got to get this right. And, and I believe that, you know, uh, 
The Valley Family is a beautiful expression of the tapestry of diversity in the body of Christ. And that's why we need to continue. I heard it said when I was in college and I was, uh, you know, learning to preach. I remember my homiletics professor, he said, listen, if it's important, you'll preach on it. If, if you say it's important and you don't preach on it, it's not important. That's why I think it's so important to preach on this. Because the reality is, as we're going into the new normal, we need to leave this behind. We need to leave prejudice. We need to leave racism. We need to leave us versus them behind. And we need to embrace we are one body of Christ. That Jesus is greater that we have more in common because of Jesus Christ than anything that would possibly divide us. And, and you know what? Jesus spoke right to this. <laughs> and now maybe this will sound a lot different than maybe any other time that we've heard this before, this us versus them mindset. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 43, Jesus said, you've heard it said, love your neighbor. And yes, we're supposed to love our neighbors. No question about that. And hate your enemy. You love us, but hate them. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Jesus comes along and says, it's not us versus them. Love your neighbor and love your enemy. And that word love is the exact same word, love. It's not a passive word. It's an active word. There's not an in-group and an out-group. There's not an in-group bias and an out-group discrimination. That's the world system. It's anti-God, anti-Christ. It's against Christ, antagonistic to Jesus Christ. Jesus comes along and says, love your neighbor and love your enemy. That word love is not passive. It's not kind of like, hey, all right, whatever. It's you love just the way you would those that are in your in-group. Really, really powerful. So I want to make this message really, really practical because I think, again, if we're real honest and instead of pointing the finger, we point the thumb, we look in the mirror and we just go through and we really self-evaluate in terms of the in-group bias and the out-group discrimination, we'll find we discriminate a whole lot more than we want to be willing to admit to. So I really practically now, I just want to give you five things that we can change. Five things that as followers of Jesus Christ, not only can we change, we need to change. We need to change. Because listen, if the world could figure this out, they would have already done it. It's up to us. And again, I think we've done a great job here, Valley Family. But I think God's just calling us in the new normal to leave behind prejudice, to leave behind any residue any residue of preferential treatment of us versus them. And we need to step forward into the new normal. Leave behind all that junk and step forward into the new normal that God has called us to. So five things that we can do to change. Here's the first one. I think we've got to be honest and acknowledge our blind spots. We all have them. Acknowledge our blind spots. We have to admit you may have heard it put this way before. You don't know what you don't know. You and I don't know what we don't know. I, I, it's, let me put it this way. I, I think one of, the, one of the ways you can see how uh, our culture is trying to divide us right now, this world system, is this. I think it's possible, and, and let me just make a statement and then explain it. I think it's possible to be racially insensitive, but you're not a racist. 
because we don't know what we don't know. It's possible to say something that someone who is in different ethnicity than I am would be offended at, but, but it may be because I don't, I don't realize that would offend them. That doesn't make me a racist. A racist means I believe that I am superior to someone else of a different ethnicity. That's racism. And I show preferential treatment to those of my same ethnicity. That's racism. But I may say something that I don't realize would hurt someone who's African American or Asian or Latino, but it doesn't mean I, mean I think I'm superior. I just need to be educated more sensitive, more aware. And, and so we need to acknowledge we've got blind spots. And it doesn't matter what ethnicity you are. You've got blind spots. I've got blind spots. And what I've found through the years is this, people are forgiving if you just humble yourself about your mistakes and your blind spots. And, and so, you know, there, there's a whole lot, again, Society and the culture and the media wants to divide, divide, divide. But if we'll just be humble about our blind spots and, and, and recognize God doesn't want us just to stick to relationally and, and developing relationship with those that look like us, uh, us versus them. He wants us to step out. I, listen, I'm so glad that Jesus didn't, didn't stick just to those that were his ethnicity and nationality, the Jewish people. Because you know what? You and I would be without hope. I'd have no hope because of it. But Jesus stepped out to the Gentiles as well. And, and the disciples, when they... Jesus sent them out as the apostles, the sent ones. They stepped out past just Judaism and national Israel to the Gentiles as well. That's why you and I are here, because Jesus broke down the wall of hostility and division, and he wants to continue to do that today. So we need to acknowledge we have blind spots. That's why we tend to stick to our own, and we tend to, you know, Christian on Sunday, but in our relationships and, and spare time where we really have the choices, many times we have blind spots and we show preferential treatment to those that are like us. Here, here's the second thing we can change. We need to rename, rename me as a brother or sister. Rename me as a brother. Once you label someone, you can't see anything else about them except that label. As soon as we label people based on their ethnicities, or based on their political opinion, or based on economics. Now, as soon as you put a label on someone, you don't see anything other than that. It's just kind of a natural, again, human tendency. And we need to change the label from enemy, us, them, to brother or sister. Or could I put it this way, neighbor even. And as soon as you label them differently, you see people very, very differently. Let me give you an example of this. Uh, about 20 years ago, uh, you know, we, we, the Williamsons have been really close friends with uh, Aaron and Karen Johnson and their family for, for 25 years. Karen's worked for me for 25 years, and uh, our kids, we've raised them together. In fact, you know, uh, when, when our second daughter was born, Brooke, Aaron and Karen came to the hospital holding little newborn baby Brookie in their arms, you know, and uh, the relationship grew over time, and uh, uh, so much so that uh, their children, actually, Aaron and Karen's children, call me Uncle Greg, and uh, my wife, Aunt Susie, our kids call Uncle Aaron, Auntie Karen, and uh, when they were little, Brittany and Jasmine, two of uh, 
Aaron and Karen's daughters were in brownies. They had a sock hop, and they were in brownies together, and so they needed another man besides dad, Aaron, to take them, and they asked their, their troop leader, I guess it's called, in brownies, well, who else can, can take me? And the troop leader said, well, you know what? Uh, you can have a family member, like maybe an uncle who could take you to the sock hop. And, and so I don't remember which one it was, Jasmine or Brittany, they said, how about Uncle Greg takes us? So Aaron and Uncle Greg walk into the sock hop with Jasmine and Brittany. And, and I'll tell you, I have nieces and nephews, you know, by blood, let me put it that way, by family. Uh, I've got a bunch of nieces and nephews, but, but that might be my proudest uncle moment as an uncle, was when I, Uncle Greg, brought Jasmine and Brittany with their father Aaron, we brought them to the sock hop for brownies. See, as soon as you change the label, it changes how you see someone. And that's why in the family of God, this is good to see each other as a brother or sister. Not, not based on ethnicity or where they live or what they do as a job. Brother or sister. Rename brother or sister. And, and here's the third uh, thing that we can change. Give in-group love to out-group, to your out-group. This is what Jesus said. Love your neighbor and love your enemy. Us first. Then he said, you got to love both equally without any discrimination. That's what Jesus said. So we need to begin to give in-group love to our out-group. Why? Because every human being is made in the image of God. Every human being, it doesn't matter, from the worst of the worst to the best of the best, bear the image of our creator, God himself. Only humanity bears the image of God. The Bible makes that clear. We're made in his image. Not, not plants, not animals, uh, reptiles, you know, none of the, not birds. We as human beings are made in the image of God. That's why life, human life, no matter what context, human life is invaluable. We're made in the image of God. So we need to give in-group love to out-group. Here's the fourth thing, suggestion, that we need to do. Fourth thing that we need to change. We need to acknowledge our brothers or sisters' color. Acknowledge it. Because God created, uh, no, no matter what someone's ethnicity is, God created that beautiful tapestry of diversity. That's God's idea. We need to acknowledge it. Now, now listen, I, I used to do this un, until really I had a conversation, and I'm so thankful for conversations I've had uh, over the years, until I had a conversation with an uh, uh, African-American brother of mine, a black brother of mine. I used to always say, I don't see color. I'm colorblind. Until I asked him, what do you hear when I say that? And he goes, you really want to know? Yeah, I do. And this was his response. I think sometimes we're well-meaning, but again, we can say something that's racially offensive, and we don't even recognize it. I said, what do you hear when, when I say I'm colorblind? And he said, what I hear is I'm invisible. I'm invisible. What I hear is the burden that I've had to carry that comes with this color, you minimize that and you, you're dismissive of it. You refuse to acknowledge it. Now that's not what I meant. But again, I, 
God created the tapestry of ethnicities. To say we're colorblind is really, God sees color. That, that means we reject God's perspective. I'm not colorblind. I can see color. Thank God for the diversity. He, he went on to say, when you say you're colorblind, what it's really saying to me is you put me in the same category as you are, and it's inferring we've had the same life experience, and we really haven't had the same life experience. Wow. So, I don't think, I think we need to kind of drop that, oh, I'm colorblind. No, I get it, but we need to drop it. We need to express and appreciate the beauty of the diversity that God created humanity in. Red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. He sees the color and you and I should as well. But not us versus them. We need to love all equally because they bear the image of God. And here's the fifth and the final thing that we need to change. We need to view every conversation as race consultation. Every conversation that we have with someone of a different ethnicity as really we're learning, we're beginning to understand. We, we really need to See, every conversation as race consultation. Every time you have a conversation with someone who doesn't look like you in terms of ethnicity or race, it's reinforcing a predetermined perspective that you have or it's unpacking it and, and blowing it up. And so that's why I think it's so important that we have conversations, that we have conversation, meaningful, honest heartfelt conversations with those that are different from us. You know, I've learned so much from my friendship with uh, Aaron and Karen Johnson. In fact, even preparing this message today, I, uh, for, the, for today, I, I actually messaged Aaron. I was like, I just thank you for your friendship. You know, we've, uh, we've vacationed together multiple times. We've uh, celebrated births We've, we've, we've mourned the deaths of family members together. Uh, you, you know, I'm a richer man today because of conversations that Aaron and I have had and, and Karen and I have had, and, and my wife Susie as well, all of us together. You know, so much so that growing up, uh, Jasmine Francis, who is now a pastor in our church, uh, I used to refer to her, her as my weekend daughter. Because she and, and my oldest daughter, Michaela, who is also a pastor in our church now, they spent almost every other weekend together. And, and oftentimes at our home, sleepover and all. And I would just refer to Jasmine as weekend daughter. And you know what? I'm a better man because of that. I'm a better man because of that. Because of these conversations that we've had through the years. My, my 30th birthday, I'm 52 years old. My 30th birthday was a surprise party at the Johnson home. 22 years ago. And, and, you know, I have friends. I have friends that are Asian, Chinese and Korean. I have friends that are Latino, Mexican, Puerto Rican, even Brazilian, African-American. 
Oh, and by the way, I'm just talking about the staff here at Valley Christian Church. That's all. Just, just a st- that, that much diverse. This is the way God wants it to be. That we're one new man. Brothers and sisters in one body. There's not a black body. There's not a white body. There's not a Latino. There's not an Asian. No matter what the ethnicity is, it's one new man. And we can make a difference. And we can change. It's time for us to leave prejudice behind. And so I hope you'll take these notes on this Valley app. And and I hope you'll just take these into a time of prayer. And, and, And you'll really pray about these things. Because I feel like we've done a good job, Valley family, but it's time for us, there's still too much hanging on. It's time for us to leave it behind in the new normal. No more preferential treatment. No more prejudice. No more division. We need to step in and really be the new man that Jesus Christ came to heal that division. It's only Jesus that can do it. And he wants to do it through you and I. And so here it is. If we truly learn to love our out-group the way that we love our in-group, then we're really living the gospel. That's what Jesus came. The good news, we're truly living the gospel. If not, we're just playing church. And and listen, I'm not speaking for any other church. I'm not responsible to God for any other church. I'm speaking for the Valley family. In this church family, we're going to live out the gospel. We're not going to allow what the world wants to separate us to separate us. We're going to show preferential treatment to everyone, those that look like us, those that don't look like us. And we're going to present to our community a picture of one new man as we love one another, not us versus them. We love one another. That's what Jesus said. By this, all men will know you're my disciples. By the love you have, one for another. Not us versus them. The love for each and every one. Would you bow your heads with me right now? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we know this is hard and we know we need courage. Father, I just pray right now that that by your Holy Spirit, you'd give us courage to take an inside look as we do this little self-evaluation of in-group bias and out-group discrimination. And, And Lord, we repent of any preferential treatment we've shown to other people. To, to, to folks that, that, that are like us. And in any way, shape, or form, we have discriminated against those that are not like us. Father, forgive us for living more in the system, the antichrist system of this world, and not as one new man through Jesus Christ. Thank you that we're one body. Red and yellow, black and white, every nation, tongue, and tribe, the body of Christ. So God, we need your Holy Spirit to acknowledge our blind spots. Lord, we need your Holy Spirit to rename others as brothers and sisters. We we need your Holy Spirit to give in-group love to out-groups. Lord, we need your courage to acknowledge our brothers and sisters' distinction in their color. 
And Lord, help us by your Holy Spirit, remind us to view every conversation as a race consultation. Lord, that the world would see followers of Jesus Christ being true light in a dark, divisive world. And Lord, you would work through us by the power of Jesus Christ to bring healing to our community, to our state, to our nation, and to our world. Thank you, Jesus, for living a sinless life, laying that life down as a sacrifice, and rising from the dead, that we would be forgiven of our prejudice, and we would be one new man in the body of Jesus Christ. Right now, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, I want to give you an opportunity. If you're watching this, maybe in your home or in your car or wherever you are, if you've never taken that first step of putting your faith in Jesus Christ and receiving Him as your Savior and Lord, the Bible says that if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. Jesus came to break down the division, not only of this world, but the division between God and man by laying his life down and paying for your personal sins and my personal sins. So right now, I just want to lead you in a prayer that you can repeat after me. And I invite you to open your heart up to Jesus right now and receive him as your Savior and Lord. Just repeat this prayer after me right now. Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. I turn from them today. Jesus, thank you for living for me. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for rising from the dead for me. And Jesus, I ask you today to be my Savior. And I receive you as my Lord. And I ask you to lead me, guide me, direct me from this day forward by your Holy Spirit. And I will follow you. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much for praying that prayer. If you did pray that prayer for the first time, let me just say congratulations. That's the most powerful prayer that you can ever pray. I want to ask you to do me a favor. You'll see on this online campus right now a tab at the top that says communication card. There's some really, really brief information. If you'll take a minute, click on that, fill that out, and check off today I received Jesus Christ as my Savior. We're not going to call you on the phone or you know anything like that that's going to harass you or anything like that. What we want to do in the next 24 hours is we want to send you out some information by way of email that's going to help you to take your next steps in your newfound faith in Jesus. Jesus Christ. We're all taking a next step, even in response to today's, to today's message, a, a step forward, leaving behind racism and prejudice. And so if you have received Christ as your Savior today for the first time, take a moment, take about 45 seconds, fill out that little connect card, hit enter, and we'll be back in touch with you in about 24 hours. Send you a little packet by way of email that's going to help you with your newfound faith in Jesus Christ. I hope you'll join us again next week as we conclude this series on the new normal. It's going to be a great week. God bless you, Valley family.